Welcome to Legal Tips, a podcast series from the Tort Trial and Insurance Practice Section of the American Bar Association, also known as TIPS. As leaders in trial practice and issues of justice involving tort and insurance law, TIPS brings together plaintiffs, defense, corporate, and in-house counsel to tackle issues confronting the legal profession. Welcome to the inaugural broadcast of Legal Tips. I'm Jill Mariani, the chair designee of the TIPS Government Law Committee and one of the co-hosts. I'm Barbara Gislason from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and also co-host. I'm the chair-elect of the Intellectual Property Committee of TIPS. Legal Tips is designed to present you with a balanced discussion of thought-provoking issues and suggest creative approaches and solutions to problems that arise in the practice of tort and insurance law. In this episode, we will have an opportunity to ask two TIPS leaders about the Sections Diversity Initiatives. First, we are joined by TIPS Chair Tim Bausch of Charleston, South Carolina. Thank you for joining us, Tim. Glad to be here. Thank you. Tim, I understand that TIPS has either the highest percentage or one of the highest percentages of any ABA entity for primary leadership with a disability. Can you tell us about TIPS success in this area? Diversity and uh, attracting and retaining people with disabilities has been a, a priority of TIPS for many years. And we've had not only our governing council uh, members uh, with uh, with disabilities, uh, we've embarked on uh, a number of uh, initiatives for for young lawyers, uh, for uh, lawyers with disability to include them in our efforts. Uh, at, at all levels of the committee structure, the CLE and publications that we do, and of course our academies, our trial academy and leadership academy. Tim, could you specifically tell us about the TIPS Standing Committee called Diversity in the Profession and what it does? One of our, our standing committees, and we have a handful of standing committees which we feel uh, are of sufficient, they deal with issues of sufficient importance that, that we make them a funded standing committee, is this initiative in, in diversity. And this committee is headed by one of our section officers, currently Janet Davis from Chicago, who's also our section secretary, uh, to increase our efforts of those uh, of color, uh, of a minority, uh, that suffer from any disability. Uh, for example, you'll be hearing later in the program from Peter Neeson, who's uh, the chair of our Leadership Academy, and he will tell you about it in great detail, but we're very proud of it. Uh, four years ago, we detected a, a problem uh, with attracting younger lawyers into the organized bar, and especially lawyers uh, from a minority or disability standpoint. So we embarked on a leadership academy to choose all 25 to 30 outstanding young lawyers of incredibly diverse backgrounds, uh, ethnicity, and practices throughout the country, fund them uh, to come to four meetings where we expose them to leaders in the judiciary, leaders in the legal profession, the financial world, uh, to make them leaders not only in their firms and in the legal profession, but in their communities. And it's worked out very well. Tim, TIPS has also 
had a number of initiatives in the area of diversity, and some of them are going to be programs that are going to be coming up shortly. Can you tell us about a few of them? Well, TIPS has always prided itself on the continuing legal education offerings that it has presented, programs, books, uh, videos uh, of this nature, and and diversity and, and folks with disabilities have been a primary focus of that. Jill had mentioned uh, one of them providing persons with disabilities and the elderly with equal access. access. This is a, a program folks have been working very hard on for, for several months, and uh, it will be presented in Florida uh, on May 18th at Stetson University. Uh, we hope to uh, record that program and make it available not only as a one-time program, but make it available as a public service uh, two organizations who uh, desire information in this area. Tim, could you tell us specifically about your plans for TIPS at the 2009 annual ABA meeting in Chicago this summer? Oh, we plan on having a good time. Um, Chicago is always a wonderful uh, venue for the ABA annual meeting, which is an incredibly inspirational meeting uh, for, for many respects. TIPS will present approximately 15 CLE programs that run the gamut from Admiralty to Workers' Comp. Many of them have been designated as having uh, presidential show- showcase status. Uh, as I began... What does, what does presidential showcase status mean? Well, this uh, several programs, a handful of them, are designated by the S- Section Officers Conference in the President's Office as, as being uh, programs that, that are entitled to a great amount of media attention. Uh, the location of these programs are given prime spots in the CLE Center, and they're really the highlight or one of the highlights of the ABA annual meeting. As folks know who have attended these, these meetings, there are literally dozens of programs presented by all ABA sections, and and uh, it's accompanied by dozens of meetings. And to the uh, first-time attendee, it's sometimes difficult to wind your way through the maze of offerings. Presidential Showcase uh, short-circuits that process and, and gives you the highlights of, of, of those programs which the ABA leadership feels are most deserving of the attention and the attendance. Uh, and and we plan on uh, many of our programs, I believe seven of them have been designated as presidential showcase uh, programs for this annual meeting. Uh, and as I began, we're going to have some fun too. What's the fun? What's the, fun, the good time? Well, our opening and diversity receptions, uh, and we have a diversity reception. We give awards in this area at all of our meetings, our diversity reception and opening uh, gathering in Chicago will be on the 99th floor of the Sears Tower. It's uh, one of the highest uh, spots in not only Chicago, but I guess anywhere. It's a wonderful venue. We'll have a wonderful time. Uh, Our leadership dinner is going to be at the uh, Chicago Aquarium. It is a wonderful venue. The the entire facility will be open uh, for our leadership reception and dinner. That'll be Sunday of the meeting. Again, uh, the ABA annual meeting will have uh, an incredible uh, number of tours for those who don't like to sit in meetings all day. Uh, I believe the White Sox are in town during the uh, annual meeting. And it'll just be a wonderful opportunity for folks to get together to learn a little bit, make some friends, and have some fun. Tim, we thank you for coming today. Thank you, Glad to be here.
You could listen to all of the podcasts in this Legal Tip series. Just download the podcast from www.abanet.org forward slash tips or legaltalknetwork.com. And you can also find Legal Tips in iTunes. There are several other diversity initiatives already established by TIPS, and one bold idea already alluded to by Tim is the TIPS Leadership Academy, which highlights the section's commitment to increase the diversity of leaders in our legal profession. Here to tell us about it is the current dean of the Leadership Academy, Peter Neeson. He's a chair of the Task Force on Leadership Diversity Initiative that oversees the Leadership Academy. Peter Neeson of the Philadelphia firm of Rawl and Henderson is a 2006-2007 chair of TIPS. Welcome, Peter. Thanks, Barbara, and thanks, Jill. I appreciate it. Peter, you were one of the founders of the Leadership Academy, and I know that Tim told us a little bit about it, but why don't you tell us uh, what, what brought this academy uh, to fruition way back in '04 when all of you were planning this back in Salt Lake City? Sure. Actually, the uh, genesis for the Leadership Academy started before the uh, mid-year meeting at Salt Lake. Um, uh I've been credited as being the founder of it, but uh, really, a lar- in large measure, uh, credit goes to John Tarpley. John had been um, a member of council here and also um, uh, the prior president of the Tennessee Bar Association. And John indicated that um, they had a, uh, a leadership institute uh, ongoing in Tennessee. And what I'd like to come down, because it would meet some of the vision and needs that I thought uh, the tip section needed. And I did. And that was in January of 2004. And I was very impressed with what Tennessee has done with its young lawyers uh, in terms of developing leadership skills. And uh, I took that and, and with some thought and some vision, we um, modified what they did down there and came up with uh, the Leadership Academy, which um, uh, at that point was about two years away. And uh, I guess in the fall of 05 is when we started. So if you had to put it in a nutshell, what is the mission of the Leadership Academy? That's a good question. I, I, uh, I think it's for different people have different reasons for it, but I think basically there's a two-prong initiative. Um, first of all, I, I think uh, many of us in the leadership um, believe that there's a real need um, to train some of our bright young lawyers about how to be good leaders. It's not something you get in law school. It's not something that you learn in the courtroom. So we felt that there was a need out there to give um, – talented young lawyers, that kind of instruction. The second thing, and it it sort of dovetails into the first, and that is that um, the tip section itself um, uh, was not as diversified as we'd like to see it. Um, We strongly believe that diversity is a strength, not a weakness. And so uh, the Leadership Academy does two things for us. One, it it gives training to young lawyers who need it in terms of how to be a good leader. And two, it helps diversify our section. How large uh, is the academy? How many candidates do you do you uh, admit? Well, uh, this is our third year. Um, the first year we had twenty five. The second year we had twenty two or twenty three. This year we had twenty five, and um, we felt that one of the things we needed to do was to have a critical mass. And in the three years, it's turned out to be a, a smart move on our part by having that number of young lawyers together. Uh, you give them an opportunity to bond among themselves to become a group. And uh, smaller numbers didn't seem to work in the past when we had uh, 
initiatives. This one seems to be about right, about 23 to 25 works. When you say young lawyers, you just don't mean in age. You also mean in terms of admission to the bar. So what's the criteria? Good question. Uh, our, our admission is not age. It's generally um, how many years they've spent as a lawyer. And it's uh, anywhere from three to 10 or 12 years, anywhere in, uh, in between. Since the lawyers that are admitted to the Academy are viewed as your future leaders, how do you specifically equip them so that they can both lead not only in their profession, but in their community? Well, that's a good question. We, uh, the, uh, we meet four times a year. Um, the tip section does, as you well know. Spring uh, spring meeting, mid-year meeting, uh, uh, fall, and, and annual. And uh, at each one of those four meetings, we take a specific idea or concept and use that to train our young lawyers, whether it's leadership in the profession, pro bono, justice and, uh, and ethics, uh, leadership in the community. Uh, and we focus uh, on each one of those four meetings with that specific topic and give them uh, all sorts of instruction. We don't do it the traditional way, although we do have some classroom type settings, but we try to make it as interactive as possible so that we can use a, a wide variety of educational tools in order to get uh, um, the training to them. Could you tell us about some of the interactive methods? That sounds interesting. Well, uh, one, of the, one of the things we do usually in our spring meeting is um, we'll bring in some CNN reporters, we'll bring in television cameras, uh, and we will... Um, put these young lawyers through a grilling that would ordinarily happen when a lawyer who's representing his client is facing the news media. Uh, and we'll film it, and we'll show it to them uh, afterwards. And um, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch because uh, it's quite different than being in a courtroom. So that's one, one example. It sounds like you should do that for intermediate and senior lawyers too. But Yeah, I think we could all use some of that training. Now, I know you stressed a lot the diversity aspect of the Leadership Academy. So tell me, how diverse is diverse? Well, we, we first of all, let me tell you this, that we, we it's a very competitive um, environment in which um, these young lawyers come to us. Uh, just to let you know, we, 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 our process starts out in the fall when we write to over 350 bar leaders, managing partners, judges, law school deans, asking them to give us... Um, the names of some bright young lawyers who have demonstrated leadership in their communities or in their local bar associations. From that, um, we get about 100, 120 names, and we then go to those particular young lawyers and say, are you interested in applying? Uh, and that's what they do. And usually we select 20 to 25 out of a, a pool of about 75 to 80 young lawyers. So it's it's very competitive. Uh all of our applicants are very well qualified, so that gives us the benefit of being able to select so that we meet our diversity needs. Um, over the first three classes, it's basically been 50-50 male to female. Uh, in terms of ethnic um, numbers, uh, it's greater than 50% almost every year, and that includes uh, the Asian and Hispanic and African American communities, as well as the Native American communities, we've had representation from virtually every um, ethnic uh, group that you can um, think of. What about geographical diversity? Is Absol that also considered? Yes, we a couple of things. One, we we want to get people that uh, come from different parts of the country. We don't want necessarily want to. Um, gravitate to lawyers who work in large firms. In fact, we 
we we really look for young lawyers that have um, distinguished themselves in small firms and small communities. Uh, so we, we, we work very hard to, to blend in lawyers from the rural areas as opposed to the city areas, from small firms as opposed to large firms. And so far, we've been because of the quality of our applicant pool, we've been able to be selective and to meet that, uh, that criteria. So you said that the academy is now in its third class, the 2008 to 2009. Is that the third class that will be graduating? That's correct. What lessons have you learned or what improvements do you think have been made or would you want to make in the coming years? Well, I think the best way to, to, to answer that question for you is that um, at the end of each of our four meetings, uh, for example, uh, this year in Boston, um, after their um, last program is finished uh, on noon on Saturday, we will hold a private caucus with um, all the students and just one or two of our members of our task force. And there they will critically review what has happened to them and transpired over the prior 48 hours. We will ask them what was good, what was bad, what they liked, what they didn't like. And so we get immediate feedback right away in terms of what we think is successful and what needs to be improved upon. So that's basically how we do it. And um, fortunately, for the most part, um, uh, we've had good planning and good preparation with all our leadership people uh, in putting on these programs, and we've had uh, very little to tweak. Have you had any criticisms that the Academy could perhaps be treating these candidates a little bit too privileged in a way, sending them the wrong message? Because in a way, they're 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 given much more attention than the ordinary young lawyer. Yeah, I think it's only natural that um, some people would feel that way. But uh, I think I have to be perfectly clear on this. Um, what we're doing here is giving them a foot in the door. They have to take that opportunity and prove themselves. None of these um, young lawyers are given any particular leadership position. The most that they can get is being a vice chair in a general committee, which um, um, uh, almost anybody can apply to if they show an interest. After after that, and and we've also given them an opportunity to serve on a on a on a uh, standing committee as well. Um, but after that, it's up to them to prove themselves because uh, in succeeding years, um, they they will either remain on the committee or move to other committees based on the recommendations of the committee chairs. So they they're just uh, they're in the same environment as everybody else, and uh, will be promoted or not based on merit. Well, it's clear that. From my own experience, TIPS has been a very open section to provide people with opportunities, uh, whether they're coming in with experience or somebody from the academy. So I think TIPS is well served by um, the way it treats all of its members, and that's a great um, endorsement for the section. Um, have Have you found that this um, academy has been replicated anywhere else in the ABA? No. Do you think it will be or you think it should be? Well, that's a good question. Um, in this economic environment, it might be difficult. It, uh, the commitment to the um, Leadership Ac- Academy requires a tremendous amount of um, uh, monetary resources. And, and the section, because of its good financial health, made the commitment that these dollars were well worth the effort. And it's proved to be that way. Uh, if anybody or any other section... Um, wants to do it, I, I think they first have to make that commitment, and, and it's a considerable sum of money to run it on a yearly basis. But do you find that you've gotten something back from these students? Do you find that the candidates, in fact, stay with TIPS? Well, it was our desire when we started out that 
we would have a win-win situation. Uh, if at the end of, the, uh, of their Leadership Academy year, they went back to their communities and exercised their newfound skills there, that's a win for us. If they chose to stay with TIPS and to progress through the leadership in years to follow, that's a win for us. We found that we're having success in both of those areas. We're having a fairly high retainage uh, of um, young lawyers who come out of the Leadership Academy who stay with us. So do you th- have any exciting new programs that you want to tell us about, or do you want to keep them f- until we see them? Well, we don't have anything new or exciting just yet, okay. but uh, give us some time. Maybe we'll come up with something. But clearly you're planning to continue the Leadership Academy in the next next year? Well, absolutely, yes. Um, we're meeting in um, late March, early April, and uh, we'll begin the selection process for the fourth year. Well, thank you very much, Peter. For more information about TIPS, please visit www.abanet.org backslash tips. Well, that wraps up our inaugural program. And thank you all for listening to Legal Tips. Thanks for listening to this edition of Legal Tips. We hope you'll listen to the rest of this special series brought to you by the Tort Trial and Insurance Practice Section of the American Bar Association. Legal Tips is produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network.